Let us go to the StreamYard Maker Hotline. And the founder of Climate Depot, the author of too many books to mention. Uh, he's uh, written, produced, and directed a couple of films uh, about the shakedown, the climate shakedown. Mark Morano is with us here on uh, the StreamYard. Mark, uh, good morning, brother. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing very well, Mike. Thanks for having me on. I'll have my camera up in about 10 seconds, so just give me a moment there. But all, all is well. Um, uh, we, are, we are battling an existential crisis of uh, insanity right now. <laughs> uh, can I ask you some questions about the, the Archer and Biden thing? Because yeah. you spent time, you worked for James Inhofe, you were in the United States Senate, you swam in this water with these sharks. Uh, do you have a view on all, on all this or what's going on? Was I correct in what I just said? Well, I only heard you know part of it, but you're talking just broadly about the Hunter Biden scandal. Yes. With, I mean, you know, this is it's beyond the regular corruption that you see in Washington because this is a sitting president of the United States. But my biggest thing is when you go back. I think it was a debate, the NBC News debate with Trump and Biden in 2020. When Biden said, I never made a penny off anything like that. It was the Biden family that profited. And obviously it, 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 it trickled over to President Biden. But I mean, this actually, this Hunter Biden laptop story gives you sort of an encompassing of everything that's happening with the Great Reset. You have fact checkers saying it wasn't true. You have the deep state involvement with it that that suppressed it and said it was Russian disinformation. You had all of the uh, organs of our power structure, as I mentioned, the deep state, the media, corporate, academia, government, all surrounding it and literally not allowing any scrutiny or questioning or challenging. It was complete election interference. It was all the gaslighting, everything they've accused uh, Donald Trump of doing in these indictments. They did in 2020 with this Hunter Biden laptop. So I don't know where this is going to go. I don't believe Joe Biden will be the nominee. I believe it's going to be Gavin Newsom. I don't think Biden can survive maybe by, you know, by through October. I just don't see how it happens. I don't think the Democrats even want him at this point. I think John, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is going to be creating massive headaches. I was there in New Hampshire primaries in uh, 1996 when Pat Buchanan challenged George Bush. You can't survive those kind. I'm sorry, when, when Pat Buchanan challenged was when he ran against Bob Dole, but I was there when he also challenged George W. George H. W. Bush in 92. You, this party is split, the Democrats. And Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has an incredible message to the point where Steve Bannon is saying that Trump and Kennedy should run together. All this leads to Joe Biden going down. They may use aspects of the uh, laptop to do it, but they also might use anything from his, I think they were set to get rid of Biden, the Democrats, on the declassification scandal. I don't not scale with his declassification accusations until Mike Pence admitted he did the same thing and that sort of crushed it. But I think Biden is going to be on his way out uh, in terms of the whole Hunter Biden thing, though. It is just, you know, it's in one sense, it's Washington as usual. In the other, it's it's unbelievable. It's a it's a window into what we're dealing with with the Great Reset globally. OK, confirm. I have not talked to you in the past six months. Not at all. Okay. So I said exactly what you just said. I'm like, I don't know how they're going to do it, but Gruesome Newsom's going to be the guy. I yeah, call him I Gavin Newsomabad. Okay, yeah. Gavin Newsomabad is going to be the guy. Yeah. <laughs> I call him the American Trudeau. That's really what he is. It's frightening. By the way, did you see the Trudeaus getting divorced? 
No, I did not oh, see that. Oh, big news this morning. And I'm telling my producer, I'm going like, Woo, I wonder what secrets Mrs. Trudeau is going to be willing to sell to hungry American book publishers because she knows where some of those bodies are buried. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, I mean, Trudeau is, is ultimately the, the most frightening world leader I think we have today. I mean, this is a guy that just, he was willing to go full China. I, I hate to say that against like a people, but he's willing to go full CCP. Let's put it that way. <laughs> During that trucker convoy, when a guy can pick up the phone, call the insurance companies, call the banks and say, these are domestic terrorists for the first time in Canadian history, I'm declaring the Emergencies Act. And he declares domestic peaceful protests to be domestic terrorists and he has the, the government in corporate government collusion cancel the truckers insurance cut off access to their own money in their bank you didn't just cut off we're going to cut off your you know your pension or <laughs> government services you couldn't access your own money which makes you afraid of thinking hey i don't want a central bank digital currency the government will tell you you can only spend money on what they deem sensible and they can shut you down at a moment's notice so in a way justin trudeau has been fantastic because he is what everything that's wrong with our world today, all encapsulated in one world leader. You know what? <coughs> I had put together the uh, uh, the comparison between Buchanan in 92 and RFK Jr. in 2024. Uh, but I think you, that's a very valid point. That's that's I, I, that's probably going to happen uh, because you can see, as a matter of fact, RFK Jr. has an event tonight. We were just talking about it going like, why isn't Trump having this event? Why is it Trump having an event where a bunch of town hall farmer guys come in and go, you know what's wrong with farming today? Big ag. Stop supporting it. Stop raping the land and doing it. Why isn't Trump doing it? Instead, Robert Francis Kennedy Jr. is doing it. I agree with you. Well, don't if get he, me started on Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I've gotten a lot of flack. I'm the <laughs> one in 2014 that interviewed him where he said he wanted to jail the energy CEOs like the Koch brothers at The Hague with three square meals and a cot. He wanted to punish politicians skeptical, the climate deniers. This was a guy that we had used as the poster child of intimidation and lack of free speech. Well, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has been red-pilled. I don't know if you've been following how closely his climate agenda issues, but he announced about two months ago that he will not talk about climate in this campaign, that he is not gonna try to convince you, that you don't have to believe in it, that trying to scare people with computer models of what could, might, may happen 50 years from now, and you have to give up X, Y, Z today is not going to work. He says he's, he's given up on the climate agenda because it's, it's literally, the, it's been hijacked by the United Nations World Economic Forum for totalitarian control of society. Boom. End of story. This is the guy who wanted to jail the climate denier CEOs <laughs> is now saying that. That is huge. Also, I just heard the other day on immigration. I haven't heard Donald Trump say the kind of stuff he, that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. says on immigration. He just was on uh, another, a show and he was detailing how this has nothing to do with Latin Americans, Mexicans, Central Americans coming into the United States. This is about drug cartels bringing in people from all over the world, particularly the Middle East, and just pouring them across our border, bringing the fentanyl. But he did it all in about a minute and a half that I think the average person could understand it. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., do not discount him in any way, shape, or form. He's not going to get the Democrat nomination because they won't allow it. That's corrupt. Uh, the same way Pat Buchanan wasn't even allowed to, you know, they, the whole establishment went after him in 1992 and 96. Uh, and, but, but, it, but he is you know, a true alternative. And I got to tell you, Donald Trump has disappointed me lately. When he came out recently 
my brother, my two presidential picks are Vivek Ramaswamy, probably my number one pick, followed by Robert F. K. Jr., followed by Donald Trump. I'm fading a little bit on, <laughs> on Ron DeSantis. But Donald Trump saying repeated, first of all, he has to apologize for Operation Warp Speed, yep. forcing a vaccine on us that then crushed any other competing treatments so that we could get the vaccine so that we, you know, Fauci and company could get record profits. He's never apologized for that. He actually doubled down, makes it worse. He keeps saying that New York did better than Florida with COVID. I have trouble voting for him at this point because of that. I mean, he's got to he's got to acknowledge his errors and apologize. But instead, he's doubling down in the wrong direction. And in terms of DeSantis, I really believe if he were not running against Trump, he'd be a much stronger candidate because he's the best chance the establishment has of getting rid of Trump. He's beholden the Democrat Republican donors on things like um, Ukraine. He came out with sensible comments within 24 hours, had to reverse himself because he is beholden to these donors who want to get rid of Trump. Four years from now, if DeSantis runs, he won't be the establishment's pick. He'd be a much better candidate. He's probably the greatest governor we've ever had in the United States in the last 50 years, but I don't think his presidential campaign is going to get off the ground. Wow, great commentary from Mark Morano, ClimateDepot.com. I agree with all that. And, you know, Vivek Ramaswamy is out here today with a, uh, with a statement, uh, a Freedom of Information Act request. He goes, I want to know, what did Biden tell uh, Garland? What did Garland tell Smith? There has to be communication here. You can't hide that. you got a trial going on. You have to have what you lawyers call disclosure here. Uh, Ramaswamy is, uh, almost every statement that I've seen from him, is pretty much down the middle of the road where I would be. and where, If yes. I was running for that office, what I would say. Uh, and, and he did say something that was pretty powerful about what's going on in Ukraine. And he didn't have to take it back, uh, whereas exactly. uh, DeSantis did. All right, look, we, I brought you here to talk about the climate. Let's talk about the climate or the non-climate. Okay. Yes. Your buddy, Anthony Watts, one of the best climate sites out there, second only to Climate Depot. So if we go Climate Depot, we'll go, what's up with that? You know, we're Anthony. Actually, we're actually two very different sites. He'll do all the latest data and stuff, but I, I end up focusing on the sort of the corruption aspect more than him. But yeah, go ahead. Okay, so what's up with that publishes a story that's picked up by COVID and Coffee Guy, the doctor, uh, I forget his last name, I read him. And I never heard of the Honga Tonga Honga Hapai Volcanic eruption. This is the biggest thing since Mount Pinatubo. And now there's all this water vapor that's stuck up in the stratosphere that's yes. got nowhere to go. So we now have an actual real scientific explanation for why it's warmer this summer than it was last summer. We also have an explanation that it's not going to get any cooler anytime soon because that water vapor doesn't come down in the form of rain. I didn't know anything about that, but that's one of the little factors here. When they talk about the hottest summer, the hottest July in history, and I go like, yeah. You can't do there were no thermometers when Constantine liberated Rome, made Rome Christian. There wasn't a thermometer around to record the temperature that day. So, so much going on here, but we can start with the Honga Tonga and the natural effect that, and this undoes all the climate regulations in the last three decades, they say, are undone by Honga Tonga. Yes, and that water vapor is, of course, the most potent greenhouse gas. And and that's one of the things when they talked about restricting CO2. I remember I was in the U.S. Senate. This is back 2007 when the Supreme Court was saying you could regulate carbon dioxide as a pollutant. One of the climatologists, Dr. Roger Pilkey Sr., came out and said water vapor is a much more potent greenhouse gas than CO2. Are we going to start regulating garden hoses and swimming pools? I mean, this is the logic. Now, the, the thing is here, 
you don't need the water vapor to explain the heat. However, it obviously and very potentially contributed to this heat waves that we've been experiencing this summer. I have been all over this heat wave story. And this heat wave story is the most, and I just, if you go to Climate Deeper right now, my headline just posted, top climate scientists pushing back. This is a massive fraud, what they're trying to do here. I mean, a couple quick points. The United Nations 1990 report, climate panel, medieval warm period much warmer than today. Joe Biden, and then of course they said we had to get rid of the medieval warm period by 2001 UN report. The medieval warm period was gone. So we know it was as warmer, warmer back then. We know it was as warmer, warmer in the Roman warm period. But here's the key. Joe Biden's EPA, Mike, if you go there today, and I have all the links at Climate Depot, you can see the chart that shows the EPA heat wave index that shows the 1930s about 10 times hotter or 10 times worse in heat waves. 1936 was the hottest year. 50, uh, uh, 75% of all states set their high temperature record before the 1950s. It is, this is nowhere near where we were in the 1930s. John Christie, the climatologist, just reconfirmed that uh, in my article I posted today in my headline at Climate Depot. And what they've done here, they've literally weaponized every weather event. And I'm gonna use the casino and I'm gonna use a, a lottery analogy. Your okay. chance of winning the lottery are very low. Your chance of someone somewhere winning the lottery is very high. Your chance of winning a slot machine is very low. The chance of someone winning a slot machine is very high. So you walk in a casino, you're going to see a wall of winners. This person won 10,000. This person won 100,000. You look, well, listen to the lottery promotion. They're going to highlight this winner, that winner. Imagine if the media picked up the way they do extreme weather. There's a hurricane here, a flood here. Or look, Phoenix broke a record temperature here. And they package that the same way casinos and lottery officials do. You'd think everyone's winning the lottery. You'd think everyone's winning slots. And that's what they've done with the weather. You'd think everyone pairs all globally now. We're all experiencing the most extreme weather we've ever had. This is the marketing technique. When in reality, even the United Nations acknowledges hurricanes, floods, tornadoes, droughts, wildfires are either no trend or declining trend on climate timescales, 30, 50, 100 years. What the media and the climate activists did this time around is even unprecedented for them. They were picking one day, July 4th, the hottest single day in 100,000 years, <laughs> CNN declared. Uh, turned out. If you just used one metric, it was the hottest since 1979, which was the year before CNN went on the air. It wasn't even the hottest, in, you know, let alone 100,000 years. Then they claimed, if you listen to the Associated Press, the hottest oceans we've ever measured. Oceans are boiling hot tub temperatures off of Florida. MSNBC reported that just the other day. Get this, CNBC, another division of NBC, reported that the, the, it was a total fraud. And I have all this detailed at Climate Depot. In order to get this world record hot tub boiling temperature of, I think it was 101 or something, temperature off the coast of Florida, CNBC debunked it by saying this was shallow, murky water with heavy sediments that only was the hottest in the last six years of that one data set, wasn't any kind of record, and it was not a metric at all to use for any kind of ocean temperature. They interviewed the meteorologists on the scene. It was a complete fraud of a record. Dark, murky water full of sediment that wasn't even the hottest in six years is not a world ocean record temperature. And then it goes on. They talked about Antarctic sea ice. This is the least, sea ice, the least amount of sea ice ever, the sea ice extent ever recorded. Turns out, 
and they don't want to acknowledge this, all these winds came in and literally brought the ice, squeezed it together. So we have less extent, but thicker ice, and the volume is no different than it was where it was in the early 1980s. Another fraudulent claim. And so I go on and on, and, and there's another study out, Associated Press, hyping and others, that this heat wave could not have happened, or you know, climate experts say, without CO2. No, we know the heat waves have happened without CO2 because they were much worse when CO2 was lower. And also these kind of studies, they're called attribution studies. I call them like seance. That's literally what they try to do. <laughs> no science. They get a climate model. They tune it to what they want it to say. And then they come out and say, our science says this. No, your climate model, which you tune, says whatever you want it to say. This is going on and on. The simple way of looking at it, and I'll stop talking, is this is the COVID PSYOP ending and the climate PSYOP beginning. PSYOP, of course, psychological operation, government weaponizing information to force people to come to one conclusion in order to support certain policy agendas. That's what we're dealing with right now. Mark Morano, Climate Depot on our uh, Dubemaker Hotline here with us and uh, on stream here. If you're watching on video, welcome aboard. Uh, remember to tick that little box down there and subscribe and then send a donation our way, crusadechannel.com forward slash donate. And then send one his way. Go to climatedepot.com and go buy his book. So, or, or a movie or a DVD. Uh, there's a, there's a really good one out uh, narrated by Kevin Sorbo, the actor who all you yes. all of you will recognize. Climate Hustle too. Climate Hustle. And my, and my book is The Great Reset: Global Elites and the Permanent Lockdown. The red cover. I'm competing with Alex Jones and Glenn Beck on the same title. Uh, <laughs> but I assure you, my book is a better overview. In fact, uh, you know, I, I really go. I even quote Glenn Beck in my book. But at my book is. It begins with a quote from Rod Serling, and it goes to, I made a fun, pop culture friendly, easy to digest book that goes from A to Z, how the once free West is coming to, becoming like China, how COVID lockdowns are morphing into climate lockdowns, the whole idea of the comparisons between COVID and climate, you get a model exaggerate it, say, unless we go full Marxist or full tyranny, we're all going to die. That same thing happened in COVID, same thing happened in climate. And of course, the whole crushing of dissent. Uh, we have a Nobel Prize winner who was just uninvited from an IMF yep. concert, because he, IMF speech, because he declared that climate was basically a giant hustle and a scam. And the same thing happened in COVID with the Barrington Declaration. I mean, the exact same thing. And they always say, all scientists agree. Yeah, when you crush and deplatform, cancel, and defund the ones who, who dissent, yeah, then all scientists are going to end up agreeing. Let me tell you how pervasive this is, okay? A host of our early morning show, Fiorella Nash, she's, an, uh, she's a Londoner. She's uh, uh, from, from the U.K., She's a casual observer of the news, Mark. She's the guy, she's the woman they're after, okay? She's mom of four kids, married, early 40s, very smart, writes a lot of books, uh, very intelligent. You're thinking she's very active in pro-life causes and what have you here. But the news that she gets on climate stuff is only what she sees on the what she is fed through the network PSYOP propaganda, state-run, state-owned, fifth estate, state-run, state-owned media. That's the other big secret. All of them are owned by the state in some form or another. Well, one day she started talking about, oh, July is going to be the hottest real record. And I think we have so much to fear from this climate. Ninety five percent of scientists agree. And I'm not part of the show, but I had I'm like, that's it. I jumped in. and said, Fiorella, I have to interrupt you. You're too smart to repeat 
a hackneyed yeah. phrase that was made up in a poll-tested laboratory somewhere. 95% of scientists do not agree. They don't agree on how water vapor is made, for heaven's sake. But that phrase, Mark, is out there. And your average person actually will, especially if they're given over to this, will actually repeat that as science. They'll repeat it as fact. How do we deal with that? Well, you know, in my book, not, in my politically incorrect guide to climate change, I have a whole chapter on this consensus. And you can, I show you how the sausage is made. <laughs> Two studies claim 97%. One of them was a survey of 10,000 plus scientists, which didn't show anything, all this, this dissent. So they whittled that number down. I'm not making this up. 10,000 scientists survey, they whittled down to 77 anonymous scientists to claim a 97% consensus. And these are these scientists were anonymous. We don't know their names. We don't know their affiliations. We don't know their backgrounds, anything about them. We just know that they're anonymous scientists that they got from 10,000, whittled the number down to 77. So the 97% consensus isn't even 70, isn't even 97 <laughs> scientists. It's 77. And that was a huge one. Another study was done by a guy in Australia who claimed that 97% of climate studies, and interesting, I think North Korean elections are the same 97% if they allow the 3% dissent. But they claim that 97% of studies showed that you know, global warming was real. And if you look at that, they didn't. They just assumed that all the studies that they had done accepted global warming, and none of them actually did. And it came out to less than one percent explicitly said that global warming was real. That paper was debunked. The key here too is to have someone say carbon dioxide can be a warming agent. But guess what? Clouds can cool. Our aerosols from fossil fuels can cool. Land use can cool the earth. We have all sorts of other factors that cool the earth. But to say CO2 is a warming agent suddenly means oh, you believe in climate change, and then they jump from you believing CO2 can be a warming agent, but be overwhelmed by other factors, to you believe in a climate emergency and a climate crisis. And that's the thing, even the 77 anonymous scientists I mentioned as part of 97, okay. they didn't all they addressed was, is the earth warmed and can, did humans contribute to it? But they turned that into 97% of scientists believe there's a climate emergency and we have to act immediately and we have five years left. That's the con. And that's what this Nobel Prize winner named John Clauser just came out called climate change a scam, and now he is watching in real time the cancel culture hit him, just like we saw in COVID, just like every time a doctor stood up. And we saw, what's interesting about COVID is we got to see the behind the scenes. We now know that Biden administration, academia, uh, Anthony Fauci, NIH, CDC, heads uh, Francis Collins and our intelligence states, the CIA, the, the FBI, were all involved in suppressing scientists and scientific information. This has nothing to do with the science. The science is nothing more at this point than politicians supported evidence. It was Thomas Sowell who gave the great quote that we find out that the science uh, is that the politicians uh, invent the science to support policy decisions already made. In other words, politicians say, we're going to do this policy. We need science to support it. And boom, the science is there to, to back it up after the decision's been made. And that was true with lockdowns and masking and vax mandates. There was never so the science to support any of that, but it's what the politicians wanted. And they want this great reset big time. Mark Morano of ClimateDepot.com on our dude maker, uh, our, our stream yard hotline. Um, uh, it's a quick little sidebar here. You have a graph a couple days ago at Climate Depot, and by the way, I still go there every day, so I, 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 I'm always up on what you're doing and what, what you're talking about. You had a graph the other day, reminded me of our mutual friend, David Archibald. When Archibald wrote a book about climate of abundance, 
if CO2 goes yeah. up, it's good for food production. Yeah. You had a graphic climate depot that shows that we may be experiencing right now, this summer may be the greatest uh, a cereal harvest in the history of the human race. Right? Yes. Okay. David Archibald was right on. In fact, NASA now agrees with David Archibald and, and this whole idea of the abundance. Uh, what happened was 2016 NASA study showed the greening of planet Earth. Carbon dioxide emissions have increased crop yields, shrank deserts, and, and it's uh, contributed to record agricultural yields. Now, if you listen to Al Gore, if you listen to the United Nations, if you listen to climate activists, they will tell you that climate change is going to create food shortages. Well, the problem is it's not climate change. Climate change, if you're calling about man-made climate change, warmer temperatures, higher CO2, creates more food in plentiful abundance. What causes food shortages is climate policy. And that's the key to all of this, Mike. This is the intentional collapse of our energy, our transportation, banning gas-powered cars, and, uh, and, and our collapse of our agricultural system. They're going after high-yield agriculture. They're going after meat-eating. And they're going after it in a hard way. John Kerry just announced the last few weeks that the United States is going to be joining the Netherlands and Sri Lanka and Canada and Australia and starting to restrict our agriculture. Because don't you know, farming's been around for thousands of years, but somehow in 2023, the climate can't handle cow emissions <laughs> and we can't handle nitrogen emissions from, from, our, uh, from plentiful food supply. So what the goal here, Bill Gates, largest single farmland owner in America, according to NBC News. And by the way, NBC News also reported Bill Gates isn't the farmer here. He's the landlord. He's <laughs> turning former owners of this land who can't afford these new climate compliance costs into renters. This is a new form of serfdom. You get to stay on your land, but you no longer own it. Remember, you'll own nothing and be happy and you'll pay rent to Bill Gates. Well, Bill Gates has said multiple times. Most recently, in the MIT Technology Review, mainstream sourcing, I'm not citing obscure documents or right, secret right. reports, that the entire world, Western world, should be switching to, to synthetic beef. Synthetic beef is vegetable oil processed meat, and Bill Gates and Richard Branson, billionaire-funded, lab-grown meat, grown with a Petri dish in a steel vat from stem cells from a cow and sheep and fetal blood, and grown kind of like invasion of the body snatchers there's no bone structure it's an amorphous blob that grows and they add additives and coloring and, and stuff to fit, prove the texture and then it looks like taffy in the end and i have videos of how they make it and guess how they get the final product they do a 3d printer of this meat so that's what's going on when we talk about crop yields they're softening us up they're crowding created meat shortages covid lockdowns help with supply chain problems China is buying up, has bought up the sausage factories throughout the, uh, North Carolina That's and right. other places. So we're relying on them. They're literally going to make it. So food is going to be more expensive, restricted. Meat's going to be a rare and expensive treat in the exact words of the World Economic Forum to do what? To make us eat lab-grown meat from a steel vat and to force us to be more open to eating insects. Or the, uh, you will eat uh, the bugs. You eat the bugs. Push yeah. all the stakeholders will eat the bugs as a yeah. class. Okay, final question, because I asked you for half an hour, so we got three minutes. Sure, okay. ClimateDepot.com, you talk about the Canadian wildfires. We have friends that live in Pennsylvania. Last two weeks ago, they were sending pictures out on our signal chats going like, what in the hell's going on here? We got smog in Harrisburg in the middle of July. What's yeah. going on? Okay, Canadian wildfires. You intimated to Jesse Waters that uh, you said, you said, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, uh, I can explain this. Maybe arson can explain this. 
What's going on? With, uh, is, is there really a, a great increase in Canadian wildfires? And if there is, what might be causing it? All right. Well, first of all, this is a great question. Yeah, I was on Jesse Waters going through all that. But one thing I wish I had said on Jesse Waters, which I didn't get the chance to, because he only gave me one response because it was primetime TV, <laughs> one answer, is global wildfires are down dramatically over the last century. U.S. wildfires are down dramatically. Even Canadian wildfires are down dramatically over 100 years. I mean, wildfires are not a thing. And if you were actually worried about climate, wildfires is a terrible way to measure climate change because wildfires deal with forest management, land use, irrigation policies, all sorts of things that have nothing to do with man-made CO2 in the atmosphere. Having said all that, yeah, Canada's had a very bad wildfire year, but uh, but their, their trends are still not up. So globally, there's no trend. It's just nonsense. So what they've done is they've done that whole casino thing. This is the cherry picking. And if you even look at Europe, Europe's are down in recent decades. The U.S. is down even in recent decades. Forget 100 years. I mean, there's just no there's declining trends in wildfires. However, when they have them, they make them seem unprecedented. What was interesting about the Canadian wildfires is rarely, but it does happen in historical we got all that smoke blowing into the United States. I'm here in Washington, D.C. area in Virginia, and we had all the you know smoke for several days. It was like a hazy thing. Now, I surmised at the time, remember, Justin Trudeau had said repeatedly that he admired China's basic dictatorship. Mm -hmm. And I thought he had such admiration for China that he decided that he wanted air quality similar, similar to Beijing. So he started exporting the air quality of China all through the, the Western world, which used to have clean air. So I think that's what happened. But there's really nothing unusual that happened there. And by the way, those fires were started by a arsonist. And what, what the point on this is up to 40 percent can be arsonist if you add natural causes like accidents and can and, and just, you know, uh, campfire incidents or leaving stuff on carelessness. More than half of fires throughout the globe. And I, I cited Australia and I was going through the Greek fires in the United States. We had one place in the United States, the Yosemite fire last summer, where Democrats were saying, this is climate change, this climate, this Yosemite fire was caused by climate change. Turned out one of their donors was in, uh, prosecuted for starting the fire. It was a man <laughs> named Wack Wackerman. And, and he was actually charged with starting the fire. So not only, so the Democrats were blaming climate change, uh, blaming wildfires on climate change, when in fact, the wildfires were caused by Democratic donors. That's the absurdity <laughs> we're dealing with in, uh, in 2023 here. Okay, so in 2018, 2018 when, when, when President Trump was president, and there was this outbreak of wildfires in California. Trump went out yeah. to California, and Gavin Newsomabad would not meet with him for some stupid reason. It was very childish of him. Trump went out there, and he, and he gave a, a little speech, and he goes, uh, you know, in this Trumpian way, he goes, what causes these wildfires is poor forestry management. <laughs> I know forests. I know people that manage forests. You can, and then he said, he made the comparison. He goes, how come there's no fires in British Columbia? You go down one state and all of a sudden, bammo, you have Armageddon, you have fires out the water. He goes, that's yes. all forest management. Farmers they, aren't allowed to, they're not allowed to cull what's dead and burn it. So nature's going to do yes. it for them. A couple quick points. Trump was actually so right. Gavin Newsom at the time said, no way, the media went nuts. About a year later, California's agricultural secretary of forestry came out and basically admitted that they needed much better forestry management, that that was one of the key causes, proving Trump right. The other thing is, if you look at 
privately managed forests, say by logging companies versus the government managed, the, the private land is much better managed, much lower fire rates because they do all the clear cutting. If you want to blame forest fires, don't blame them on climate change. Uh, you don't even have to blame on arson. Blame them on Smokey the Bear. The idea of stopping <laughs> all fires and that whole fire suppression ideology that hit the environmental movement. Uh, I, I don't want to. Really, I don't really want to say Smokey the Bear is a, as a leftist environmentalist, but that whole idea. They, I think these, he they, is. <laughs> yeah, well, they, this became the mantra. Like we don't want to. All fire was bad. It was harming species. It was devastating. You'd have the tree huggers out there crying. When in reality, managed burns and clear cutting are some of the best ways to prevent the massive fires that we have. And I think that is uh, uh, that is one of the key points there. But again, wildfires. If you are worried. They are down dramatically on climate timescales. California in particular, previous centuries had wildfires that were many, many times worse than anything they're experiencing. And this was reported in corporate media, San Jose Mercury Media has reported all this. So anyone who's actually falling, the way they get a trend, Mike, this is an old trick, since 1998 <laughs> in this region of California, wildfires have increased this much. If this continues, well, but if you look at the state as a whole, if you look at the country as a whole, if you look at it globally, there's no there there. But of course, that won't stop the media and the fear factor because they're ultimately pushing. And this is where it all I'll end on this. Joe Biden being urged by climate activists from Chuck Schumer to AOC to uh, Bill McKibben and others to declare a national climate emergency. Center for, Bio, Center for National Biodiversity says that'll give Biden 130 executive powers by which to bypass democracy in the legislature. This will also extend to mayors and governors a very similar, again, back to Donald Trump. He signed that COVID emergency declaration in March of 2020. He allowed the two weeks to flatten the curve. He allowed every governor and mayor, given these, given this, given the stroke of his executive pen, dictatorial-like powers to bypass the most consequential decisions of our life, school closures, church closures, work closures, canceling medical decisions, for all of that stemmed from that. Well, we're looking at a repeat this time in the name of climate with Joe Biden. And because he's a lame duck, it's very possible. He almost did it a year ago, according to the Associated Press, to clear a national climate emergency. That may happen. This would give governors, mayors, presidents the ability to shut out even gas stations to limit travel. We already have France banning airline flights of two and a half hours or less. That's a true climate lockdown. EU is considering six hour wide bans on airline flights to save the climate. We are living actually now in a climate lockdown. It's not something that could, might, may happen in the future. It's beginning, it's happening. Gas powered car bans are part of it. Uh, the meat restrictions are part of it. Uh, and the uh, it's, a, it's a, essentially an assault on our freedom of movement. Even corporate press, Bloomberg News reporting that cheap airfare is a thing of the past due to, quote, climate compliance costs. And this is where we're headed. And American people not only are oblivious, don't say a word, our Republican leadership, I'll end on this, Republican leadership pathetic. Mitch McConnell, when he's not having a stroke on live TV, <laughs> has really nothing to say of consequence or nothing to do of consequence. He actually says some good things about climate. But you get the other guy, Kevin McCarthy, House Speaker. Ask him today, what do you think about climate change? Oh, climate change is the problem and we, we, we want solutions. We're going to plant trees, a trillion trees, and we're going <laughs> to capture carbon. No mention of challenging the narrative, no mention of fighting back. There's no Republican contract to stop the banning of cars through unelected bureaucracy, no banning, no stopping the meat, no stopping the flight bans, no stopping 
um, all the all the energy. I mean, it's just incredible. And they'll send a delegation of Republicans to these UN summits. I was in Egypt last year, the UN climate summit. Whole bunch of Republicans come and say, "Oh, you know, you guys are you're going too fast, and we still need fossil fuels." They go and work with the UN. They don't challenge it. They don't question the premise because they don't want to be seen as deniers. That's our Republican leadership in Washington. You can have it. I don't want it. <laughs> Someone else can have it. I don't want it. Hey, by, by, the, uh, by the way, I uh, I just made re reestablished contact with my uh, contact at Regnery Publishing because yeah. I wonder, I'm like, wait a minute, why didn't I get Murano's book? Well, they took me off the list. And I'm like, why'd you take me off the list? And she goes, oh, it was a change of management. So she put me back on the list uh, so I can get the great reset. I assume it's a paperback now? No, it's a hardback. No, hardback. Okay, good. Uh, Good. It's actually sold out everywhere at the moment except Amazon. Even the publisher, at last count, had no copies. Uh, so it's available on Amazon. I could get you a digital copy, but I can't get you a hard copy. I can't even get myself a hard copy <laughs> unless I order it from Amazon. That's the only way to get it at this point. So I hate, to, I hate to have a book that trashes big tech and all the billionaires and then say, hey, you can only buy the book by one of the big billionaire <laughs> sites. But unfortunately, that's reality at the moment. Well, I will uh, reach out to Jennifer and I will get, uh, I will get on the list to get some hard copies in the Founders Trade and Post store. All right, brother, always good to talk to you. Again, I, I said last time I waited too long and I waited too long again. I won't wait so long next time. God bless yeah, you. Yeah, I'd love to come on. I, I felt like I was not focused. I sort of uh, you know, <laughs> scattershotted everything, but would love to come on one time and talk specifically about you know the collapse of energy, then the collapse of transportation, then the collapse of food, then the collapse of free speech. Uh, we could do a whole you know topics on you know su subjects on specific subjects so we get a little more in depth. But we'll do it. Well, uh, we'll count on it. Uh, we'll, we'll book it. I will right. get in touch. All right, brother. Thank you very much, Mark. Always good to, uh, lot, to see you. Okay. Bye -bye. Appreciate it. Okay. Thanks. Right. So that's uh, uh, Mark Morano there.